This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money, and our special guest who's been on the show before, financial advisor, Roger Gaynor. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. That certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations, San Francisco and one number in. We want to thank them. They've been a sponsor for, gosh, at least two years now. All right. Uh, Roger, being a financial advisor, you want to talk about risk. Teach us all about risk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, risk, I think, is one of the most misunderstood things about investing and money and and, uh, creating financial security. Uh, I've always believed that there is no risk until there is. So if you think back in the 90s, your listeners are old enough for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we had this thing called a dot com. Oh yeah, yes. And you could buy anything with dot com at the end of it in nineteen ninety seven, yeah. ninety eight. Uh-huh. So, so there's no, there was no risk in yeah, dot com exactly. stocks yeah. then. Yeah. Not we at all. all. We know how that yeah. ended though. I bought pets dot com and Webvan. <laughs> yes, yeah. I remember those guys. <laughs> My wife wanted me to buy pets dot com because she liked the sock puppet. <laughs> That's right. It was a sock, sock puppet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. They had great commercials, but a business plan that couldn't make money. Yeah. And then back in 2005, if you bought a house anywhere in the United States, you were going to make money, right? Yeah. Housing values only went up. Back then, yeah, but then 2007 sure. and eight came along, yeah. and suddenly we realized there was risk in buying a home. So there's risk out there in, in a lot of different things, and we tend to forget about this and, and what what can happen if you ignore it, you know, it's it's the old ignore it uh, it'll at, go your, away. at your own peril, <laughs> yeah, peril right? yeah. you know, uh, that pain in my chest, <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, it'll go away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that same kind of deal. So uh, if you look, for example, at the stock market today, there are lots of risk metrics uh, that are increasing to levels in some cases that we haven't seen since 29. That's 1929. Wow. Uh, and others that uh, are confirming kind of where we were back in early 2007 before you-know-what hit the fan. Yeah. So, um, but the market went up 400 points yesterday and, uh, you know, the other day. And, yeah. and, and today it didn't follow through on that. And we see this kind of thing more and more. It's getting very toppy. And, and by a lot of measurements, there's very little upside Left before a correction, okay. and uh, you know we can talk maybe in another segment about yeah. how monetary policy has made things a lot more volatile, and it's kind of like shooting a, a patient with adrenaline. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> you know to keep uh, that heart pumping, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it keeps it pumping, and for keeps it pumping for a while. Yeah. That's the key, <laughs> and and you know we've had these low interest rates and lots of liquidity and easy credit and all this stuff for quite a long time. Well, and the Fed 
didn't they just announce that they're not going to raise interest rates? Well, that's interesting. Yeah, so this week, that's exactly right. So uh, there were those, and again, I was telling you off the air about my friend who uh, <laughs> makes money when the stock market goes down. Well, he was buying his whatever the options are that he does yesterday in anticipation of them not doing anything and then the market tanking as a result. Well, they didn't. They, they held steady and the market didn't tank. Interesting enough. So you won't make you wonder what would have happened if they had done a rate cut. Would it have gone down? Would it have gone up? Does anybody know what? <laughs> what well, anybody in theory, really it would go up. In well, theory, in theory. Yeah, but theory. what does a rate cut really mean at this yeah. point in the business cycle? It means things are getting bad. That's right. exactly <laughs> that. Exactly. It seems like they're they're saying you know what the economy isn't quite as strong as we want it to be. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times they'll raise interest rates through the roof if they want to curb. You know, growth is too much, inflation and all that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Irrational exuberance. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. When, when we get back, we're going to uh, get into a couple of emails that we got. Um, specifically, one has to do with, uh, you know, we, we, it's basically with risk, mm-hmm. uh, you know, based on the uh, question. So uh, that'll be very, very interesting to go into. Uh, let's see here. One, uh, before we cut to a break, I do want to make a couple of mentions here. One is for Dr. Keith Cooper. Uh, he's a dentist, board-certified specialist who's been placing and restoring dental implants in San Jose for more than 25 years. His patients love teeth in one day, or they call it Teeth Express. For, so for dental implants in San Jose, see Keith Cooper DDS at cooperdds.com. Also make a mention here for Summer Broadway Under the Stars invites you to experience best night ever. Join them in the vineyards of Sonoma Valley for a festive pre-show picnic with the best of local Local wine, food, trucks, and music. Check them out at bestnightever.org. Mark and I have gone to a couple of uh, the events. They're fantastic. All right. Uh, let's see here. First trivia question. Again, Roger, if you know the answer, do not answer it until we get back. First trivia question is, which TV show did Tom Hanks appear on for two seasons? Let's kind of think of how he got his uh, career started. All right, call 888-912-1190. And the way we're going to do this now for the next three questions, if you're the first three callers with the correct answer, you're going to win that tanning certificate. So which TV show did Tom Hanks appear on for the fir- for, for two seasons? So it was probably the first two seasons that came out. I still remember this, too. Do you remember the show? I do. I think so. Okay. Very good. Uh, At least let's I see. have a guess. Put it that way. You have a guess. Okay. Uh, call 888-912-1190. Uh, be one of the first three callers with the correct answer, and you're going to win that tanning certificate, which, by the way, is worth over $100. Not bad. You get like five tanning tanning. Uh, uh, treatments, Woo-hoo. yeah, and with the sun coming out, want to get the tan on before before you get summer. the tan on. That's it, exactly. All right, so when we get back, we're going to have a uh, uh, an email question for Roger that uh, discusses alternative investments compared to traditional ones. All right, stay with us. You're listening to the best of investing. Don't touch that dial. Well, we're going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at eight 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 nine twelve eleven ninety. That's eight 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 nine twelve eleven ninety. The best of investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back to the best of investing. Edward Brown here along with Mark Hoff and our special guest, Roger Gaynor, who's probably going to be joining us like once a month, which is awesome. Nice. First trivia question, uh, which TV show did Tom Hanks appear on for two seasons? Was it Living Color? No. No? 
It was the one where he dressed, he dressed up, up as, as a woman. woman. Bosom buddies. Bosom buddies. Bosom buddies. Oh, that's right. Okay. I thought he was a comedian back then. but uh, uh, Well, he was funny in it. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't remember the other guy. But, uh, yeah, Tom Hanks definitely did uh, quite a career. So, Roger, um, we're going to ask the email question that came in. And then you've got some information about $12 trillion that I think the audience would like to know about. So, uh, email comes in. It says, other than traditional investments, what others... I mean, what other investments should I be looking at? Which kind of goes up the alley if you're talking about risk. Well, yeah, um, that's a great question, especially right now, because so many of the traditional uh, investments like mutual funds in stock that are based in stocks, bond funds. Uh, you know, we talked about bond funds last time I was oh, on yeah, the show uh-huh, yeah. and the risk that's building in the bond market. So. A lot of the traditional assets, there's in Wall Street, they call it crowding. Too too many people can't stand in the same place, oh, right? Okay, okay. And because it gets things out of whack. So, um, with our clients, we're looking in other spaces. Uh, right now, we're looking at, an, for example, an investment in trailer parks, okay, uh, mobile home and and manufactured housing. These mm-hmm. are wonderful cash generators. You have diversified uh, income streams. You know. Thousands of people are renting spaces. Yeah. And and so you're fairly resistant to recessions. That's really what I'm looking at now is sometime in the next two, three, four years, maybe sooner, we're going to see a downturn in this economy. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think we'll get to all of the reasons why today. Mm-hmm. So you want to be looking at things that are going to be doing okay when things get rough. Now, would you look at income Opportunities or growth opportunities? It depends where you are in your life cycle. You know, if I'm 45 years old and entering the peak earning years and I'm bringing home a great paycheck and what am I investing for? Retirement. And I got 20 years to go. You're investing for growth more than income there okay. because income might add to your tax burden and other things. So, Well, as uh, uh, Kevin O'Leary says in Shark Tank, I'll steal this line from him, I, I'm interested in cash flow. I always want to cash flow. Well, cash flow. And at the end of the day, it's all about cash flow. Yeah. yeah okay. So yeah. so absolutely, uh, cash flow is, is critical. And it's, it's critical when you're evaluating um, investment opportunities. You know, uh, that de-risking, you can see it happening in the stock market today. Over the last six months since the beginning of the year, we're seeing a rotation. Uh, for example, uh, tech stocks are only up about 4% year to date. There's a couple of exceptions to that, like sure. Microsoft. But consumer non-durables, Procter & Gamble, those kinds of companies are up 16% year to date. Uh, utility firms, uh, utilities who are generally pretty staid, they're up 20% year to date. Well, as, if, as an when, asset when interest rates go down, those usually get, it, pop well, up a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Yeah. So you're seeing this rotation uh, out of financials, out of tax, and into the the more conservative stuff. Okay. You know, but you're still, I mean, you're still, still, those are traditional You're still in the market. Because, yeah, and in, the market yeah. in 2008, everything did go down for, yeah. you know, so. Uh, I would suggest to your to your listener that they look at things that do well in late economic stages. You guys hmm. have a, a fund that that is probably in a good position yeah. at this point because you're collateralizing these debts, these loans. Um, but even if real estate drops twenty five percent. They've still got collateral. Well, well let's covers. move on to Mark on that. We'll get back to you because I still want to hear about the twelve trillion dollars. But um, Mark, uh, what do you 
comment on that. So, so Roger was talking about you know de-risking, and it's interesting because we talk to a lot of people who own real estate, right? And um, many are of the opinion that uh, real estate prices uh, are cresting. Cresting is a soft way to say that. (laughs) (laughs) And if you if you own real estate and you believe values are cresting, and you're you know, concerned about, um, you know, do you want to hold it through the next cycle, your real estate? And of course, many people will, right? There's no sure. necessarily reason to sell. It depends on how much leverage you have and depends on what the cash flow situation is like. But but there are those who, who are contemplating, well, you know, maybe, not, in fact, actually more than complica- contemplating, a lot of our investors in, in the Pacific Private Money Fund have sold real estate over the last year or are in the process of readying real estate to sell because they believe that now's the time to cash out because it's, you know, the property that they're holding is probably not going going to be worth more than it is today for maybe the next several years. So if they believe that, um, one of the ways that you can de-risk if, uh, but still be invested in real estate uh, to a certain degree is to convert from real estate equity to real estate debt. And that's what we offer at Pacific Private Money is we offer real estate debt investment opportunities. So real estate debt, uh, depending on the loan to value ratios and the type of loans you do and the type of you know, borrower you 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 service uh, can be extremely conservative and can be designed to withstand uh, cycles in the marketplace and and uh, as well as dips in valuation. You know, as much as twenty five, thirty percent. Some of the loans in our fund, for example, are at. 50% loan to today's value. Uh, many are many are higher as well, um, but the weighted average loan to value in our in our uh, portfolio of of California, mostly California mortgages, is about 60%. So it's it's designed to withstand and make it through the next cycle, yet still pay out uh, a relatively predictable and consistent yield, which right now on a trailing 12 month basis has been about seven and a half percent. Uh, uh, on a distributed basis. Um, just for more information about uh, the Pacific Private Money Fund, uh, we do the accounting monthly. We make monthly distributions. A lot of funds pay out quarterly. We pay out monthly. Uh, that gives you an opportunity if you're a growth investor and you don't need the income, you can uh, have your uh, distributions buy additional shares, and that's called uh, growth investing, and that compounded yield right now gives you anywhere from 25 to 30 basis points more, meaning we're at about 7.8% uh, compounded yield for our uh, growth investor, so it's a it's a nice way to um, take advantage of uh, of uh, you know your real estate profits. Now, of course, you know when you sell real estate, there's there's tax issues. Now you can't 1031 exchange into our fund, um, but for those of you who believe that you know maybe capital gains under a Democrat administration might actually be taxed higher, uh, that's another mm, thing to consider. Um, you know, yep. sell now. Uh, capital gains tax rates aren't horrible. Um, they're not as high as they have been in, in prior administrations. So anyway, long story short, real estate debt uh, should be strongly considered if you're looking for an alternative way to earn above market returns and yet potentially um, uh, pad yourself against uh, real estate cycle risk. Okay. And when we come back, um, Roger wants to make a comment on that. Mark, how do people get a hold of you if they're more interested in the fund? Websites, PacificPrivateMoney.com. That's PacificPrivateMoney, all one word, dot com. Or call us, 415-883-2150. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. And when we get back, Roger, do we want to, you're going to make a comment about that, and then we'll get into the twelve trillion dollars, twelve twelve trillion dollar question right out there that we want a piece of. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's our second trivia question: What breed of dog is Scooby Doo? All right. Remember Scooby-Doo? What breed of dog is he? Uh, call 888-912-1190-B, uh, the first three callers who uh, get that correct answer. Where you're going to win that tanning certificate. It's uh, Again, the trivia question is, what breed of dog is Scooby-Doo? Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host... Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hunt of Pacific Private Money and financial advisor Roger Gaynor. Second trivia question was: What breed of dog is Scooby Doo? Is he Great Dane? Yes, he is. Ah, Very good. And you go, Scoop. That was Shaggy, by the way. Okay, so Roger, you wanted to. Um, we had to cut out to break. You wanted to make a comment about what Mark had said, and then get onto the twelve trillion. What had I said anyway? That was, well, that was a long commercial break you, ago. You, yeah. We're talking about about a lot of your your savvy real estate investors are looking to de-risk right now. Mm-hmm. That they're thinking that valuations have peaked, and I would tend to agree with that. I talk to a lot of people in commercial real estate, yep. and it really seems like valuations are peaking or even sliding back a little bit right now. Or maybe you're an apartment owner and you're really just not so sure of all of these the rent control thing, rent yeah. control, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and tenant rights and all this stuff. Yeah. In fact, Santa felt just. We can talk about that a little bit later. Santa Fe, I read yeah, the paper that, this morning. That, that was passed. in there today. Uh, you have to uh, it just cause eviction, which makes it, again, puts the onus on the uh, the landlord, not yeah. the tenant, which is really... Uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons to sell real estate. Well, <laughs> yeah. And, Regulation, and, and you're pricing. S- you're seeing uh, apartment valuation since you brought up apartments. Yeah. The cap rates, the amount of income that you can take off of these, is is really at historically yeah. low levels. Uh, yeah. right, let me add one little uh, uh, tidbit in there too. What happens when you have to do a lot of repairs and maintenance? How much are co- have costs gone up? Oh, yeah. not at all. Yeah, oh, construction <laughs> costs. Yeah, materials are 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 thirty percent higher than yeah. they were just a year ago. Yeah, labor's yeah. higher if you could find labor. And and, and if you're the apartment owner. You don't generally have triple net leases with apartment tenants, no. so you—that's all on you. Yeah, I'm sending a lot of clients back to their their homeowners insurance agents to verify the cost, the replacement cost oh, per yeah. hundred per, yeah. per foot. Right. Yeah. Around here, they're they're showing two hundred and fifty, three hundred dollars no, a foot. Not in the you, Bay Area, you can't more. even build a garage for that kind of money right now. No, that's yeah. true. <laughs> so my tent costs more than that. Okay, there you go. So all, right, all yeah. I was suggesting, uh, I have a lot of clients right now who are seeing those same peaks that Mark was talking about, mm-hmm. and what we're doing is we're repositioning them through ten thirty one into mm-hmm. more conservative areas. Okay. So say you own a. Uh, a, a warehouse or a, a, a building, you know, that has one or two tenants in it. And mm-hmm. th- if those businesses get in trouble, you're not going to get your cash flow. Right. So you can exchange into something that has many more tenants or is uh, recession well, resistant. So okay. things like uh, storage, self-storage units. So you might be in a couple of thousand self-storage units. And in downturns, actually, they tend to do better because... 
people are storing more stuff and downsizing and moving in together and stuff like that. I mentioned mobile home parks earlier. You know, 10% of our housing stock is mobile home parks. Is it that high? Yeah, it's that high. And we're only putting about 10 new mobile home parks on the market each year. And more than that are coming off the market. So there's a tremendous demand in these Mm. things. Um, you know, when you can go into an area, say in Florida, and if you make thirty-five thousand dollars a year, you can own your own home and, yeah. and live there. Um, medical office buildings, another oh, yeah. great option Especially because for the baby boomers. Well, situation. people get yeah. sick, and yeah. and who's really going to pay the rent? It's insurance companies and Uncle Sam through Medicare. Mm, yeah. Okay, so you have secure cash flows. So this is a great time to reposition or to get out altogether. As you mentioned, capital gains taxes are lower. So if you didn't want to go through those 1031s, this would be a good time to to take that option. All right. We've been teasing the audience about this $12 trillion question. $12 trillion. $12 trillion. Well, when I open my computer this morning, I I usually review markets on on a particular website, and one of the prominent articles that they displayed is that there is now $12 trillion dollars in outstanding debt around the planet that is yielding a negative rate of return. Now, when now, you say outstanding debt, what do you yeah. mean by that? These are, you know, what we call it around here, our sovereign debt is treasuries. Treasury bills. T-bills, T-bills. T-bonds, so bonds, T-notes. Okay. And these are sovereign debt issued by governments around the world. Now, would, you, would it be, let's say, like Venezuela devaluing there? Or no, is it not that? It's Germany is a great it, example. Okay. Germany, uh, uh, their bund... The, the notes that their central bank sells yeah. are having a negative rate of return. So it, it's returning less. Uh, like it's strictly infl- the coupon rate? Is- right. Inflation minus is basically what So you can what park it in there oh, for safety purposes, but you're going to get less back than you put well, well, hold, hold on. guaranteed to have your value erode. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. That's a little different than like in Japan. Literally, you, you would have to pay for them to keep the bank to keep mm-hmm. your money. So It's well, the same guess- kind of thing. Okay. But it, so the... It doesn't actually have a negative coupon rate. You're you're saying after inflation, some have a negative coupon. That's rate, what like I'm, in Japan. Wow. In Japan, yeah, you know, uh, and then some are very very close. Yeah, and, like uh, there was a time when U.S. Treasuries were like that for a very short time, like a few days, mm-hmm. um, when things were just going kind of haywire. Well, and today, you know, you can get more interest on a six month note. Uh, or bill than you can on a five-year note. Okay, so that that tells you that interest rates are going down. Well, it tells you that the bond market is predicting a recession. That's why when we have an inverted yield curve is what it's called, called, where short-term rates... That's why if you go into the bank now, you can find banks offering you 2% on a seven-month CD. So short-term CDs, they're all looking for short-term money because those yields are so high and yeah. people have a tendency not to move the money after the yield goes away. Oh, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. generally true. speaking, when, when longer-term investments are yielding less than short-term investments, that's the bond market predicting that uh, re- interest rates are going to go down and, and, and economic yeah. activity is going to go down. Little scary. Mm, mm-hmm. Interesting. There's usually a delay of 12 to 18 months before it yeah. spills over into stocks and that's, things like that's that. That's always been kind of the typical 12 to 18 months. 12 trillion. That's just that's just unbelievable. That's monopoly. That's even more than monopoly money. <laughs> uh, uh, by the way, uh, Roger, we forgot to give out your information. How, if people have questions about 
the twelve trillion, or just in general about well, it. Well, I like get my hands on some of that. Or sure. Yeah. Well, you can go to our website www.gainerfinancial. That's g a i n e r f i n a n c i a l dot com. And you can contact us through the website. Uh, We also have our blog and podcast up on the website. Uh, We'll be actually coming out tomorrow with our uh, newsletter where we're going to talk much more about the uh, specific risks in the stock market. I've never put out a blog post like this in my entire years of blogging. Uh, Usually it's financial education, not warnings. And usually people have to pay 1000 a month to get on your blog. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're giving that away for free for today. Free. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like these financial advisors. And we'll we'll look at your portfolio for free. Yeah. Well, Roger, thank you very much for that. Um, okay, we're going to cut to our third trivia question. When we come back, we're going to ask Mark a question that comes in from an email uh, from a listener of an email that talks about the difference between your fund and REITs that are traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Interesting question. All right. Uh, third trivia question. Which actress played Forrest Gump's mom? Remember the movie Forrest Gump? Who played the actor? Who was the actress who played Forrest Gump's mom? All right. Call 888-912-1190. Again, the first three callers with the correct answer are going to win that tanning certificate. Uh, 888-912-1190. Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. We're going to be right back. Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time again. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hanf and Roger Gaynor. Uh, third trivia question was, which actress played Forrest Gump's mom? God, Sally Field. That's right, Sally, Sally Field. Field. Oh, Laugh yeah. is like a bomb. two out of three. Boy, do I feel dumb. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. All right. Uh, Mark, I usually miss all three, so you don't have to feel so dumb. <laughs> My wife will make fun of me when I get home. Yeah. It's okay. All right. Uh, trivia or trivia. A, an email question comes in. It says, Mark, what are the differences between investing in your fund versus a traded REIT on the New York Stock Exchange? So a REIT is a real estate investment trust, and there's generally two kinds of REITs, uh, those that are not traded uh, and those that are traded. A traded REIT uh, can act much like a stock, meaning it could go down in value below the share price you purchase it for, as well as go up. Um, and so it, it, in many ways, doesn't feel like investing in real estate if it gets, uh, if there's that, uh, you know, that potential volatility to the share price. Mm-hmm. Whereas investing in a mortgage pool fund like the Pacific Private Money Fund, first of all, we don't own real estate in the fund uh, unless we foreclose on a loan, which we rarely do in the fund. But for example, the Pacific Private Money Fund right now is about $50 million in size uh, across roughly 100 real estate loans, mostly in California. And so it's a debt investment uh, option. And we talked a little bit uh, earlier in the show about uh, debt uh, investing in real estate versus equity investing. But basically, in real you're the bank. Yeah, so that's yeah. exactly right. So think of our fund like a uh, mutual fund of real estate secured mortgages. We don't have car loans. We don't have personal loans. We don't have business loans. They're all real estate mortgages. Uh, in California, they're they're technically called trust deeds, but you know everyone understands what what a mortgage is. Um, so. Uh, the big difference really is is uh, a real estate investment trust owns the real estate and a um, a fund a a mortgage pool fund like the Pacific Private Money Fund is based on the theory that uh, we lend money out 
based on a percentage of the value of the property, and we typically solve for 70% loan to today's value or less. And because we're the bank, we're not expecting to lose any money. We're not expecting our share price to drop below the $1,000 a share. In fact, the way our, our income model works is we, we price our shares at, at $1,000 each. Uh, that represents money we lend out. We lend out that $1,000 uh, at, say, 9%. Uh, that share earns a 9% yield. And then uh, that uh, that yield uh, pays the expenses of the fund. And then uh, the profit is paid out to the shareholders. And uh, our average payout for the last 12 months has been about 7.5%. And that's after expenses. That's net to the investor. Another thing to, to keep in mind, it, most mortgage pool funds like the Pacific Private Money Fund have no load going in or out, meaning there's no fee or offset to your, say, let's say you want to invest $100,000 in our fund. That entire amount goes to work as soon as we activate it in our operating account. Uh, and when you go to redeem your account, as long as you leave it in for one year, we do have a one-year uh, 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 hold yeah. uh, and uh, and and there is a penalty if you take it out uh, in less than a year and, and in six years of the fund's life stream uh, we've never had anybody pull out their money in less than a year so we've never had to charge anybody that early redemption fee but uh, after one year there's no fee to pull your money out or a part of your money out and people do partial redemptions all the time so um, again for more information you know go to our website pacificprivatemoney.com yeah well, a couple of other things I was thinking of is the nice thing about not trading on the stock exchange is your principal pretty much stays the same. You don't have to worry that, you know, you bought it at $1,000 a share and sold it $900 a share because the stock market went down. The other part is, and maybe Roger can mention this, what are generally REITs paying now? There are there are some mortgage REITs, I believe, that do trade on the stock exchange, uh, but their yields are probably in the 6% or less range, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much so. That, okay. That's about what you can see in a mortgage or a debt REIT yeah. today. Um, the thing about exchange-traded REITs yeah. versus um, um, private placement REITs, yeah, yeah. you don't get the tax advantages of real estate. You know, if, if you want to own real estate and you directly invest in a non-traded REIT, you get all the depreciation and the write-offs and all that good stuff. So the yield is sheltered partially, if not completely. Well, again, that's owning it rather than being in debt. We're talking about being in yeah, debt but, funds. But yeah, but you were yeah. talking about traded REITs. You don't oh. get those tax benefits. It, it's taxed like a stock. Ah, Okay, so that's the point. Real estate is one of our most tax-advantaged asset classes. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as you go to those traded REITs, you get all the risks of, of being in the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. If there's a, a run, and, and, and you sort of touched on it, but a lot of times these things trade at a discount to the actual value of the properties. Yeah, and then if, exactly. if people are down on the asset class and they just want to run to the exits, yeah. you're going to get discounted from what it's actually worth. Well, well, well that's interesting because on a, a, a traded mortgage REIT on the stock exchange, you know, people, some people like it because they say, well, I can always call my broker and sell it right away. Well, yeah, theoretically, okay. At what price? We don't know. Might be less, might be more. Um, and and so I know that there's been some people who say, well, I'd rather do that than Mark's fund because they're thinking liquidity. However, you don't have a problem with liquidity in redeeming shares for people who want to get out. Get, go into that for a little well, bit. Well, it's designed to be uh, – the Pacific Private Money Fund is designed to be a liquid – a relatively liquid fund, and and how do we achieve that? Well, we achieve it by making a type types of loans that generally pay off uh, in in 
five to six months. Uh, that's our average turn time for the loans in our portfolio is five to six months. Um, and uh, we don't have a line of credit on the fund now. From time to time, maybe we'll have small lines of credit uh, because we, we believe in, in, in a relatively unleveraged fund uh, for safety for added safety and security features of the fund. Um, but a small line of credit also allows one to pay off redemptions. But really, it's, it's the new capital that's coming in and the payoffs. And thirdly, we also sell loans out of the portfolio from time to time. That allows us to relend the money out. We do share the original fees that we earn through our brokerage with the fund members. So it's a 50-50 split of the origination fees, meaning if we uh, make a loan for a million dollars at 9% and two points, the fund as a lender gets half of those two points or one point. So there's actually a yield boost uh, to the fund um, by selling loans. So there's a lot of different ways we can create liquidity uh, uh, in our fund so that uh, when someone... um, has an emergency and needs to redeem their account or all or a portion of it, uh, we can accommodate them. Okay. You know, uh, that's really a good point. Um, You guys designed the fund to be liquid. If you take longer-term mortgages and you combine them into a REIT and you add instant liquidity, you've just ramped up the risk. Because we talked about this last time I was a guest with junk bond funds. It's the same sort of deal. You have highly illiquid investments and you put them in a liquid wrapper, you increase the debt I mean, the risk on that yeah. asset dramatically because of forced selling. Well, well that's what's good about uh, Mark's fund is it, with the short-term loans, you're also not subject to big interest rate fluctuations. You're not locked into doing low interest rates. I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, we're going to cut to our last commercial break. We don't have a trivia question, but when we come back, we've got a couple of deals of the week. Kind of explain why people would borrow at the rates that they do from Mark's company. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing will be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money and Roger Gaynor, financial advisor, Gaynor Financial. Didn't have a trivia question, but Mark, I, you know, if I'm the audience listening in, you're talking about these great interest rates of, you know, seven and a half plus percent, and I'm thinking, how can you earn that kind of rate of return? Who would borrow money at that high rate of return when they can get money from the bank cheaper. Yeah, and, and people get confused. They go, they go short-term loans. So, you know, what does that mean? And so we'll have to explain that, the, the so 40% of our portfolio is loans that are brought to us by mortgage brokers and realtors who have a client. And um, oftentimes, this is probably the most common situation that we get a loan request for, <laughs> is a homeowner... Lots of equity in their existing home, and they're moving out of town, or they're moving up, or they're moving down. Their downsizing is actually you know pretty common right now. People are moving into smaller homes, um, but they, in order to buy that next home, they don't have the down payment in full because it's mostly tied up in the equity of their existing home. So what do they do? Do do they sell first and then? move to an apartment building or some temporary home and then go out and search for their next home? Or do they have the realtor go out and say, now make offers on homes, but as one of the contingencies will have to be the sale of our existing home. Sure. And the realtor goes, yeah, I'm not interested in doing that because I'm not going to make any money. That'll never happen in this marketplace. So 
companies um, like ours, and actually we're one of the few uh, in California at Pacific Private Money that actually will make loans on owner-occupied residences. Most private lenders, most hard money lenders in California only lend to people buying investment property or buying fixing and flipping. But uh, we are licensed and, is, and have made uh, pursued a, a particular business model where, and we really like this business model because the, the borrowers usually are really strong and the properties are nice, but the need is very unique and it's it's the ability for us to provide up to 100% financing to a home buyer on the property they want to purchase and cross-collateralize it with their existing home. And when we do that, because of all the equity that uh, people tend to have in their homes, we can oftentimes um, uh, solve for 70% loan-to-value or even less. Sometimes it's 60 or 50% loan-to-value between the equity in uh, when you combine the equity in the two homes, even though we're doing so-called 100% financing on the target because it's secured by two properties or so much equity in the first property that we're below, usually well below 70% loan-to-value. Why is that such a big deal? You would think, well, banks should do that. Well, guess what? They don't. Banks do not, absolutely do not cross-collateralize. Ask your banker if they will do that. Ask your conventional lender. Ask your mortgage broker. They will all tell you, huh? No, that's not how it's done. One house, one loan. Yeah. That's what the industry does. Even those so, these so-called non-QM lenders, which is really a fancy new word for subprime, they don't cross-collateralize either. The only lending industry that will take multiple pieces of property as collateral on a single loan, on one loan, is the alternative finance industry, the private, also called the private lending or used to be called hard money, but that industry of alternative fi- real estate finance providers, private money lenders like Pacific Private Money, we're the only uh, industry that provides this cross-collateralization opportunity. Now, okay, so fine, so we, we, we have a, a realtor or a mortgage broker has a client that uh, needs this solution um, because they don't want to move twice. They don't want to sell their home first. Um, what ends up happening is they only need our money for a short period of time. We help them buy the target. Uh, they prep their existing house for sale. Maybe they remodel it and sell it for a profit, which oftentimes pays for our money. And then uh, they, their mortgage broker or their realtor will help them get uh, conventional financing to take us out. And our loans get paid off because there's no prepayment penalty anytime between, say, 30 days to a year, um, with the average payoff about five months. So that's that, in a nutshell, is how we can have a fund that is um, full of loans that pay off quickly. So for more information, go to PacificPrivateMoney.com. Very good. Uh, Roger, one more time, how do people get a hold of you for financial questions? Sure. They can call our office at 415-331-9030, or they can reach us through the website at www.gainerfinancial.com. And when you go to the website, if you'd like to subscribe to our newsletter or uh, blog, you can let us know through that, and we'll put you on the distribution list. Perfect. Thank you very much. All right. Here's our thoughts for the day. Do not touch. That must be the scariest thing to read in Braille. <laughs> and why is it that in bed, it's 6 a.m., you close your eyes for five minutes, it's 7.45, but at work, it's 30 minutes. You, uh, hold on. You close your eyes for five minutes, and it's 1.31. Oh, it's a, yeah, at one at one thirty. I'm sorry, it's one thirty, and it, uh, never mind. Blew okay, one. I blew that one. I had it written that, down. That was close. But I'm pumped. Tune in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be discussing. Uh, we're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to the best of investing with Edward Brown. 
For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.